today on the Rita Made Me Do It show. And they slid me into the morning anchor slot with this guy, Dick Lawler, who was old enough to be my grandfather at the time, which was hilarious. Um, but I didn't, of course, my parents were so thrilled because I was an anchor and they were so excited. So the, the track from there was to be the weekend anchor. And then from weekend anchor, then you could be a main show anchor, like a five or 6 PM or 11 PM news. Um, and so I had a bunch of people at the station, even people I went to school with who did that track. I didn't want to be in upstate New York anymore. I had kind of run it. It had run its course with me and I needed to get the heck out of there. I was like done with small towns, right? Like so over small towns. And I said, right before I was going to get promoted to weekend anchor, I think I might've even gotten the offer. I said to my parents, I'm moving to DC and going back to school to get my master's. And they were like, what? Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita, Rita I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show, where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. Welcome to another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. I'm really excited about this week because I have one of my clients who's a guest, but Katie Reese is not only my client, she's also my publicist and a friend. And the reason that I love having her here, my clients really inspire me. And I always, and it's true, I always say, I learn more from them <laughs> than I do almost anyone else, or I think more than they learn from me. I learn from them. Um, and today, Katie and I are going to talk about what it takes to get real results in your business, but then also the reality of what happens when you start getting the real results that you wanted in your business and what that really means, like from a personal standpoint, a business standpoint, and all of the fun stuff. Um, but I, Katie, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. Hi, Rita. I am so excited to be here today, both as your client and your publicist. And just, I am such a big fan of yours and really want to tell everybody also how much you've helped me along the way with my business, because it has truly made such a difference. And I am so grateful that you came into my life. I feel like there is a bigger broader reason for it that we are together. I agree. And that's something I'm going to ask you about too, is the process of when you selected me as your coach. We're going to dig into that. But for everybody who doesn't know, I mean, you might in the all-in entrepreneur. So for those of you who are just a first-time listener, I run a free community on Facebook called The All-In Entrepreneur. And I've had Katie in there a few times uh, doing some free masterclasses and interviews because Katie is a publicist. And what uh, entrepreneur <laughs> does not love the idea? 
area of publicity, and and I'm going to let Katie tell you more about exactly what she does. But um, my first question for Katie is, Katie, as the person who is always getting people on the news or getting people interviewed, what does it feel like for you to be interviewed? It is refreshing. It is something I don't do enough for myself because I do concentrate on doing it so much for my clients. So it is very refreshing to be able to give my perspective and give some examples through uh, what I've seen with my clients. So you're not like an introvert. You're not shy. You, you know, I, I always wonder if people become kind of the behind the scenes, behind the camera person because they love the idea of visibility and all of that, but like they're terrified to do it themselves. So that's not, that's not you, right? No, I'm not an introvert by any means, but I do need to walk the talk and, and get out there even more and, um, you know, say to my clients, look here, I can do it. You can do it too. Because, um, it's not always easy to put yourself out there, even when you are an extrovert and you can talk up and down and you're an expert in your field, it is still difficult to put yourself out there. There is a level of vulnerability, as you know, um, that you need to work through to be able to be in the media. And that whole concept of not having time to do it yourself because you're so busy doing it for other people. I mean, that's a normal thing that I see happen with entrepreneurs, especially my clients all the time. You know, I might have a great social media manager as a client and she's not doing social media for herself or a fantastic publicist as a client who's not doing publicity for themselves. Why why do you think that is for you? Why do you back burner, right, doing it? for you, um, because that's a real challenge that entrepreneurs face, and I'm sure they're going to be able to relate to. So you're you're experiencing the challenge, but you want to change it. So talk a little bit about that. Like, what do you think really is keeping you from doing it? Is it your own fear of vulnerability, or is it just bad time management, or is it that you push everything, you know, other people ahead of you, or, you know, and then what are your plans, I'm curious, as your coach, to change that coming up? I think it happens more often than not when we're in the service industry. So most entrepreneurs are that way. They don't put themselves above what they're trying to accomplish in their business. And it needs to be more of a balance. And I realized that. And I realized that it needs to be more of a balance. And I got a social media manager so that she's going to help pitch me to more podcasts and more uh, places to get out into the media more so that I can show that it can be done. But for me, it's really just not making it as much of a priority because I'm prioritizing building my business. So it, it's difficult to make sure that that is a priority and that gets put on the agenda and actually gets completed. I've had it on my agenda for years to do it. I just never actually did it. I don't think it was... For me, it wasn't really fear. It was just about, I, I felt I needed to do X, Y, and Z first. You know, yeah. those things always came first. And with your help, especially, I've realized that I need to make it more of a priority and am trying to really do so now. Well, it's, and I think that this, I mean, I know that this happens with everyone who goes into business, especially as your business grows and becomes really successful as yours has, is 
we have to take that leap from kind of a consultant or a employee of our own business into the CEO position of our business if, if we're going to get it somewhere completely different than where it's been. And that requires right saying, oh, well, wait a minute, like I can't just be focused on getting clients, right? Like I can't just be like clients and then income and then clients and it, it has to be bigger. There has to be more going on. So we're going to talk about how we've kind of started stepping you into a real CEO role in your business. But let's talk about where you come from first, right? Because I didn't know this about you until you told me <laughs> that, I mean, I knew you came from Connecticut, right? Which I've never actually been to New England. So You've I've never been to New England. I've never been to New England. I've never been yeah. like further north than New York I need to City. go have I need to go. real maple syrup. I Come do. on. I need to go have a Gilmore Girl like tour or something up there. Yes. I, I, yes, I need to go up there. But you, I, I don't know why I thought you might have just grown up in a big city. I, maybe because of what you do. But um, you grew up in a really tiny town. Really small town. We joked that we had more cows and horses than people. <laughs> the biggest part of our town was the State Max Prison. Uh, oh. <laughs> if you counted them as people in our town, it would have doubled our town. But yeah, I had a graduating class in high school of 97 people and very small town, but I could not get out of there fast enough once <laughs> I graduated. Um, and I've lived now in this area for so long that it's it's definitely where I call home now. And, and by this area, you mean the D.C. area, right? The D.C. That, area, yeah. yes. I mean, I like to think that I'm like an international rock star podcaster <laughs> success and that most of my listeners are, you know, like, are from all over, are from all too. over drinking wine yes. in some vineyard somewhere in Italy, just listen, can't wait to to fly me out there to, to meet me one day. Um, and <laughs> maybe with your help, right? That's actually, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I definitely needed to, I think the small town pushed me to think bigger and wanted to get out of there and came to a bigger city area because of that, because of growing up in a small town and not wanting to get involved in everyone's business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But of course now you're involved in everybody's business as a publicist, right? So, uh, but yes. you said one thing you said, cause when I found out you were from a small town, I said, what was one of your favorite hobbies or favorite things to do? And you said explore, right? So mm -hmm. like from a young age, you were always kind of wanting to think bigger, right? Like, I mean, was that true even from maybe before school where you, if you were an explorer, if you played dress up or imagination or whatever it was that you did, like, were you always curious? Were you always asking questions and like trying to find out more things or tell me a little bit about Katie as a kid? I think I was because I was an only child until I was 10. So I kind of needed to figure things out on my own and uh, my parents worked a lot when I was little. My dad was a state police homicide detective, so you can imagine his schedule, um, and often had to leave us on holidays and whatever when he got called into work. And my mom was a critical care nurse, <laughs> so my parents had high-stress, high-demand jobs, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go figure things out and would traipse around the woods around our house. We had uh, we lived on a mountain essentially and had rock formations and creeks and wildlife. And I just went exploring. And I think that led to my curiosity and led to how I thought about the world later and always asking questions. And I think that's what put me in the path of journalism and really just curious about the world. 
Yeah. Now, your your parents weren't entrepreneurs, right? You. So we're going to get to how you started your own business. But you mm-hmm. said you've loved the news. I'm like, what? When I read this, I was like, what? You're like, I had a fascination with the news since like age 10. And I'm like, who? What kid like has a fascination? Well, I mean, I know there are probably some others, but like I had a fascination, as everybody knows, because I've talked about it here before, with solid gold. And I was going to be a solid gold dancer <laughs> and I was dancing around and I was just like, you know, whatever, solid gold, soul train, star search, all of those like fancy entertainment shows, right? But like the news would come on and it would just be like, mom, change the channel. Like I would leave the, now my parents, my mom and my grandparents watched I think that's all they watched, right? All the news stations, but I, I, I didn't. So how did you get an obsession and a fascination with the news as a child? <laughs> I think my parents always had it on too, especially my mom. She was very much wanting to be involved in current events and was an activist back in her day. And um, I think just always having the news on and we would always have discussions around it even when I was little, probably way before I should have been having discussions about it. Um, I saw the impact that it had. I saw when tragedy struck. One of the things I remember, I think I was, when did um, Columbine happen? I remember watching Columbine or something like that and the impact that it had and thinking, oh my gosh, I, I, I want to do something about that. I want to be there. I want to be helping people. Um, and I think it just kind of came out from that. It came from just really being involved in current events because my mom was, and it was something that we had conversations around almost every single day. So when I was interested in solid gold, right, I would literally dance around the house. So you being interested in the news, did you like sit there and pretend that you were a reporter? Did you pretend like, did you? Oh, no, I was the anchor. I was, I definitely like set up where I was the anchor and I was writing my own stories and I was delivering the news to people. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and did you had it? So from 10 on, right, you said you had a very clear idea and you never deviated, right? Like, obviously, I deviated from becoming a solid <laughs> gold dancer. And I think it's because the, it, the show got canceled. But right, like, in a way, I, I didn't totally deviate, right? Because solid gold was about entertainment. And then I was a big theater kid. And then I became a lawyer, which is a big theatrical kind of job when you do it in certain ways. And it's all about public speaking and all that. And then, then became, you know, like a speaker, right? Dating, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. But, but you were like locked in and zeroed in and you just followed the, the path com- completely to like, but, so tell me, as a, I made like, it as a, very easy for my parents. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew what school I wanted to go to. I applied early decision. I got in. I went and did my degree in what I started out doing. Yeah. Graduated, got my first job in television in upstate New York and actually became the morning anchor there. Of course, my parents. That was your first, was that the first job? Or was that your first job? My first job out of, it was, uh, I know I was the producer for the morning show. Of course, that was right when 9-11 happened. Um, Yeah. So that was a bit stressful (laughs) trying to figure out how to, how to do, you know, we have um, Afghanistan going on and 9-11 at the same time and trying to figure out how to do live shots from across the world. 
is that unusual to get as a first entry level job a producer? I don't I have no idea. Is that a, is that normal for that path? Is that like a little unusual? To, it sounds fancy to get a producer um, gig. Not for local news, not for a small market. Utica, New York's a pretty small market, but it was one of my professors. I obviously wanted to be an anchor. I was going to be an anchor or a reporter or something, you know, on camera. I was going to be out talking to people. I wasn't going to be stuck in the newsroom behind a desk. Yeah. But I had a really great professor that steered me in the direction of producing because he said, Katie, the people who make the decisions are the producers not the anchors. The anchors are the faces of the newscast. And, you know, depending on where you are, they some they do stories, they do reporting. But when you really make it, you are just reading a teleprompter. And um, you should be doing something bigger than that and really steered me towards production and producing and writing. And so I went down that path and... Um, None of the people I went to school with, only a couple got producer jobs. Everyone else got reporter jobs. I went to a lot of people, went to school. A lot of people wanted to do sports reporting. So there's a couple people who went and did that. But I was really the only one who right out of the gate had a job in as a producer um, at a station. So this is what I call, right? I talk about this. I might have talked about it with you. Linear, I call it linear goal setting. I need to trademark that. I don't think it's a real thing. Yeah. But it's the idea of we just have our path and we just take the next step, right? Okay, I, I graduate high school. I go to college. I get this degree. I apply for this job. I do this thing. I like do here and I move up and I move up. So, but often what we find is that as we're moving up that corporate ladder, that ladder of success, right? So here you are starting as a producer. Tell me what in your mind the ladder to success was from producer to what? What did that look like in your mind back then? Um, in my mind, it was going, if I stayed at the same station, um, well, it was, it was traveling up the market. So you started a smaller market, then you go to the next bigger market, then you go to the next bigger market and you have to make it through like five or six markets before you make it to somewhere like Washington, DC, where you're a producer. Um, and that's where, or a reporter or whatever, I still wanted to do reporting even after I worked there for a while. So I did get promoted to when the morning anchor left, because I, I did the morning cut-ins for the Today Show. So the Today Show cut-ins that you see the like little news updates during the Today Show, I was anchoring those every day. And they slid me into the morning anchor slot with this guy, Dick Lawler, who was old enough to be my grandfather at the time, which was hilarious. Um, but I didn't, of course, my parents were so thrilled because I was an anchor and they were so excited. So the, the track from there was to be the weekend anchor. And then from weekend anchor, then you could be a main show anchor, like the five or 6 PM or 11 PM news. Um, and so I had a bunch of people at the station, even people I went to school with who did that track. I didn't want to be in upstate New York anymore. I had kind of run it. It had run its course with me and I needed to get the heck out of there. I was like done with small towns, right? Like right. so over small towns. And I said, right before I was going to get promoted to weekend anchor, I think I might've even gotten the offer. I said to my parents, I'm moving to DC and going back to school to get my master's. And oh, they so were you, like, didn't, you, didn't even, you had yes. no job. 
you had no job lined up here. Okay, so we're going to pause. No, okay, so no. we're going to pause there. We're going to pause there, right? So that was the ladder to success that you had in your mind for a while, right? Carved out like it looks like this. I'm going to maybe the markets, maybe I'm going to work this. I'm going to start doing it. And because then I was one told, day, I was told that's that's how to do it, yeah. right? Like well, I was told you had to do it this way. Yep. You had to grow through the markets or through you know, the different shows within a market to get to be the main anchor. And then maybe you could skip yeah. a market and go to a bigger market. Well, but, and that's how that's how so many people are taught success anyway, right? Like, yeah. This is what success looks like. It's like you follow these steps. Like eventually you get the corner office, you get the promotion, you have, you get married, you have babies, you retire. Like I talked about this in my last podcast episode, right? Like this is what success looks like. So what was your moment? So you was it really just you woke up one day and said, I need something bigger. There has to be like bright lights, big city. That was pretty much it. How were you able, though, to feel confident leaving a job and coming to D.C. with zero job, right? Like that's scary for people at any age to go, I have an income and I have a career path and I have all the support and a way forward here. And now I'm just going to give all of that up and I'm going to come over here. And I'm, was it easy for you? Was it terrifying? It was actually very easy. I was excited to just get out of there. I was, and it wasn't that it was a bad job. It was a great station. There were great people. I really enjoyed getting to know the people that were there, but I did not, I was working overnights and overnights for, uh, somebody who's an extrovert and doesn't have a lot of people to talk to was terrible for me. I would go to the gym after work just to have to be around people and just to have people to talk to. (laughs) Um, I just needed to get out of there. And I just decided one day, I just said, you know what? Um, My boyfriend at the time was also moving to DC. He had just graduated grad school. And I was like, he had a heck of a lot of fun last year in grad school. I'm going to go do that because this is not what I, this is just not where I want to be. And I found out that, or I figured that my goal then was going to be to skip all those middle stations. I'm going to skip all those middle stations. I'm going to come to DC and get a degree in public policy so that I know DC really well. And I can prove myself that way. Um, I, I just did it. I wasn't, and I never looked back and never regretted it for a second. Yeah, so there were a, there are a couple of things to unpack. I don't have time to unpack all of it because it's like there's so much that really is behind the scenes in in a decision like that. But you were like, I know that. So we had talked in the in the my last episode about the real importance of kind of not just looking at the what you want to do, but asking why you want to do it because. something as simple as what you said in terms of, but I was working like overnights and I didn't have all these people to talk to. And I did, if you had really kind of unpacked, why do I want this path? Why do I want, it would be like to be seeing and meeting new people and experiencing new things and having that explorer, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like things satisfied, right? And it wasn't, so when you, when you dig deeper from the beginning, you can often find what will fit and what won't fit, right? So here you are, it definitely taps into your, adventurous explorer self to just say I'm right but you know this show is all about mindset and like the reality of what happened so you were excited to do it you came here so I'm taking it what you you must have had some money packed away or you must have had like a loan or you must have had something to I allow had both you to- I had yeah. money I had money and I had support and I also had a loan <laughs> 
I just we all, paid yeah. off recently, I think. I know. I, I hear you on that, right? <laughs> like, that's the thing in DC, right? You, you need money and a loan and yeah. other people and yeah. support just to be able to like go out to dinner. But, um, yes. you know, so, so you did this. So you, so just, to, I like to put that out there for people because people are like, oh, well, if, Katie just did it, then I'm going to do it. And it's like, well, wait, wait, like you need to know the reality. I did have a plan. And she had some support. support. She had some finances. She had some stuff because sometimes when people, um, when I think when podcasts or news or whatever, just show the exciting part. And then Katie made a decision and she just took a leap and did it, right? Then other people get really inspired by that. But then they're in like the scarcity-based mindset or they're yeah. in this really – and then it doesn't go the way they they want it to all turn out because the way they're making decisions is rooted in like a really um, unstable kind of place. And so I like to put that out there for people. There have been some guests that were like, no, I just did it. And I just like figure I, I no, figured I it out. I saved for a year. I definitely made more than anybody else that I graduated with as a producer. Yeah. Um, they, I had a lot of reporter friends and they don't make any money at a small station. So I did save up for a year also. So you knew like you had a plan, you, you were excited to do it, but you still kind of thoughtfully executed the plan to be able to, to do it, make it happen. So you came here. Yeah. What, what was the reality then of what you thought coming here and skipping the middle stations and getting to where you wanted to go? What was the reality of that? But I did have to start over at a station here in DC. So I started over at Channel 4 at, while I was in school as a production assistant. So <laughs> from being a producer to a production <laughs> assistant, like yeah. running scripts around. So and, really the lesson is there's no shortcut, right? Like there's just no shortcut no, when no. you're really wanting to to realize success. It's like people are always like, oh man, but no, I'm sorry. There's no shortcut. So you came here. So you started over at I Channel did. 4. I and? did. I was able to get in the door at Channel 4 very quickly because of the experience I did have. Um, all the, a lot of the people I went to grad school with were like, wait a minute, you just walked in and got a job at Channel 4 like that? And I said, um, you know, I came from a very respected school um, and uh, I had a pretty interesting first job with a lot of responsibility. I was there overnight by myself producing, you know, an hour and a half or two hours worth of news by myself every day. So that did get me in the door. Um, I'm going to pop because I love that you say that because I think, and you know how it is because your, your business is kind of an internet based business as well in that you're virtual, you you have like a office in, in an area, but, and you see people in person, but you work with people from all over. You can work from anywhere you travel. So you're online, you're in the online space and you see other entrepreneurs and you work with online entrepreneurs, right? Yes. And so you see it and you can see how easy it is to think that person just got that so quickly. <laughs> how did that person just get that result and have that happen? So you represent, so tell people a little bit about who your clients are. Let's let's talk about that real quickly. Your clients are, are authors mainly. Like tell I work you with them. entrepreneurs, authors, small businesses. I have a medium business, but my favorite are the authors and entrepreneurs. They have the drive and the motivation to really want to make media placements work for them the most. Yep, they definitely do. And, but here's the thing, right? They are the most prone to be the ones looking around going, oh, but why did her book get picked up yeah. so quickly? Or why and did questioning she questioning things and questioning what they're doing, if they're making the right choices, if they're getting the most 
for their money if they're yeah, – Yeah, doubt, doubt. A lot of doubt. And so I love that you say it looked like – people are like, how did you get that gig so quickly? It's like in reality, I didn't. So people ask me that about my business all the time. Well, Rita, in three months, you replaced your attorney salary. Well, technically – Yes, quit my job three months, replace my attorney salary because I had been running a singles group for five freaking years as a hobby and getting in the media and right. being like known as a day. Right. So I just say that because I like to tell my audience, you know, I know you always think it's happening quickly for someone. For else other people. And it's not. And you can't <laughs> compare. You can't no. compare yourself to other people. You can't compare yourself to people on social media, especially. We're seeing a lot of that happening. Well, this person just look so perfect in their social media. Well, you're getting a glimpse and it's not necessarily always the exact truth. And it's just the positive parts that they want to share. So it's really important to not compare because everybody's path is different. And, you know. It, yeah. I, and, and of course, we're sitting here understanding each as well how easy it is to say and how hard it is to put into yeah. practice, right? Because I think you, both you and I have done it. Oh, like, definitely. Oh, right? definitely. definitely. But it's just the reminder constantly. So I love that you put that out there. So you were working your way up in the in the DC like world, right? And what did that end goal look like for you then? What was that vision of success? Because it wasn't it wasn't running your own business, right? Going to national news, it was not, oh gosh, no. I never thought I was going to run my own <laughs> no, business. No, no entrepreneur. I mean, I have yet <laughs> to interview one entrepreneur that's like, I knew it. I knew I was going to run my own business. This is what I was going to do. I have I have yet to meet. If that if that's you out there in the audience, please email me. Yeah, and let, let me know. Read right? now because we want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, no, um, so I had no, no idea that I was going to be doing this one day. Um, I didn't. Go, I had friends that went to school for PR, but I never even considered it. I was a news girl, so I I worked my way up within Channel Four, and then I I was a, a producer writer there, and I wanted to go to network. And so I did that. I went to CBS news and I worked on in the DC bureau and I worked on the early show and then, um, was going to go to the main evening show when another opportunity came along and I snatched up because I realized once I got there that the stories that we cover, a lot of them, it's chasing people who don't want to talk to us. It was, I was, you know, going into horrible situations, being sent here, there, and everywhere when there were tornadoes or destruction or an, an illness breakout or whatever, and and trying to you know elicit really powerful emotional experiences from people, and I felt like it. We kind of take advantage of people that way, um, and fighting. You know, like literally having to drive to somebody's house with bagels in the morning ahead of when the Today Show producer was going to get there, you know, yeah. like having Very competitive, to just yeah. fight it out for an interview. And I just, I didn't want to do that. Didn't like it because your core, I mean, I know you, so your core values don't really align no. with any of the reality of that. So again, once we're out of alignment with our core values, right, then it kind of like everything starts, oh, it gets yeah. bad. So, so then what, what did eventually, like, okay, so you were offered a job at CNN eventually, like you yeah, that was years down the road. So I went and worked for um, a startup that was an energy and environment show. So it was something really different. And I guess looking back on it, it kind of, you know, piqued my curiosity and my explore mentality. And I was going to get to travel around 
talking about, you know, important issues instead of chasing the poor astronaut woman who put a diaper on and drove across country from Texas to Florida. Do you remember that story? Yeah, I do. I had to stake out her parents for and her family for weeks. And I felt terrible about it. I was like, these people don't want to talk to me. Like I am doing such a horrible thing right now. I am being a stalker. Um, I think that was the last straw of that story. And so yeah. then I thought I'm going to talk about an issue that was up and coming at the time. Um, electric vehicles were just getting started and it was just becoming, you know, climate change and climate issues were just becoming a thing. And I felt like it was going to at least make a bigger impact and a bigger difference and did that for a while and absolutely loved that job. It changed in its iterations over the years, but eventually um, we lost our funding and the whole thing folded. And so that forced me to step back and kind of take a look at what I was going to do. And I stayed in TV production where some of my coworkers went right into PR or went and worked for CNN and for other places. And I kind of at that point started my, that's when my entrepreneurial start happened. Um, I took a step back and I thought, do I really want to go back and do that news thing again? Um, the, the grind that I was talking about and I realized I didn't. And it was shocking to me because I was always in that world. I want to pause there for a minute, right? Because like that's, that's the piece that I think it's what was the thought process behind that that allowed you to realize I don't want to do this anymore right like you say I sat there I thought about it do I want to do it the answer was no part of it was I was becoming a mother um to be quite honest and I didn't want to be away as much and I didn't want to be gone weekends and holidays and so that was definitely a big part of it but Mm -hmm. it kind of also just clicked with me that I had it in me to do something on my own that now is, was a point in my career where I felt I could make my own path from that point instead of having to have someone else determine it for me. Yeah. So, um, because you, I took a note when you said, you know, my first job, what I really like as a producer is you get to make the decisions, right? You get to make the decisions for Mm -hmm. other people, for other things, for like your show, for your new, for whatever. But like in your job, in your career, the reality was you weren't getting to make the decisions, right? And so you, what you loved about what you could do in the context of, of making it happen for your new show, you weren't getting to do that in your own personal life. So this, this makes, this makes sense to me, right? But also I love that, um, it's like it's okay to pivot, right? And that's kind of what you've done a little bit throughout the way. But your priorities change, your values change. These aren't fixed things. So your core values and your priorities change over time, and you need to check in with them. I was just going to say, checking in with them is the most important thing I think you can do. And I kind of forced myself to do it without even realizing I was How doing it. How did you it. do it? Because people will go, okay, cool, check in. But like, what, what do I do? Do I just sit there and go like, like, ha, like you, you seem like a person that like reads books or has a process or has a checklist or how did you actually check in with yourself? Or was it more of a gut feeling? Like it was more of a gut feeling at that point. I wasn't doing as much of a process of checking in that I do now. Um, just having learned how to do it. Yeah. Back then I, I did. I definitely did a gut check when I got an offer from CNN and I went in and I was about to get the the offer and I sat down with 
some, my old former boss who worked there at the time, and he was pushing me to do it, but also pushing me to really think about it. Like, let's really think about this, Katie, because it's different and and a lot more grueling. And I mean, of course, if you had told the 23-year-old in Utica, New York, unhappy that I could have had a job at CNN, one day I would have been like, in Washington, D.C., I would have been like, oh my gosh, where like all the news happens, <laughs> you know? Right, like this is my, that's the, pin- so that's it, right? That's the pinnacle, that's the pinnacle of your career, right? And you turned, you turned it down. I did. And that was the moment that you just decided I'm going to go and on I, my own? That was one of those moments where I was terrified. I was definitely questioning if I was making the right decision. Um, but I quickly realized that I would, I just said, I would look back on this and and not regret it. And I so, and I so don't. what allowed you? What allowed you to make the decision though? Because you were terrified, but you did it. So right, that's like the feel and fear and taking action and doing it. Like, but what? Really yeah, it was the taking you- action versus like my core values pushing and pulling at each other. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I just did not want to get back into a space in a world where I didn't like what I was doing in terms of, of what it meant and, and how it didn't really make a difference for people. Well, and so the discomfort of what you were doing, right. And that pull between your values was more uncomfortable, right? Like the Mm -hmm. pull between it was more uncomfortable than the, um, the discomfort that came from taking the risk to start your, and I know you, I think part of it is you trusted yourself to either make it work or to figure it out, right? Like you, you seem to be the type that just like, I can trust myself that I'm either going to – this is going to work, or if it doesn't work, I can still navigate, right, that it doesn't, which I think is a very important um, skill. And you kind of have that inherently, which has been really nice working with you that you, <laughs> you know, you have that. But um, so tell me – okay, so you Because I do whatever business. Rita tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> Rita makes Katie do it. Um, and so you took the leap. Um, what was the reality then for you of being, like, that first out of the gate? Like, what – First day, first, first, whatever your own, your own firm, like what yeah. was going on in your head? Oh, I was, I was terrified. I felt that I was switching gears so much that I wasn't going to know what I was doing. How were people going to trust me? I was questioning all the things. I was definitely questioning all the things, but feeling like feeling like again, the imposter. Who am I? Right? And yeah. Did you have any doubt about like how am I? So you 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 started your publicity business. Did you have any questions about like how am I going to get clients? How am I going to transition here? Or how? And so what did you? What and what did yeah, you? Yeah, I tried not to get overwhelmed and just kind of took it one step at a time. In terms yep. of, I know I just need to get that first client and just really learn as much as I can from that first client. I actually worked also, I was fortunate enough to get in with other people who did PR. And so I didn't always just have my own clients. I also worked with other people who showed me the way um, a lot. Uh, I think that's so, see right there, like I just already wrote down notes, right? For one step at a time, right? Mm -hmm. I think people want to do everything and they want to realize all the success and have it all right away. But really, if you just kind of look at the very next step in front of you and say, this is what I need to focus on, that's how you're actually able. Whenever I got overwhelmed, that's always what I thought is that I just needed to, to, to take a step back and realize 
I am where I want to be. I will, and I and trust myself that I will get there, that I have the motivation to do this. And so I know that I will get there at some point and I don't need to get there tomorrow. I have to get there tomorrow. And that's why the mentors, right, are having people that you were kind of, so when I started my own law firm, gosh, that feels like forever ago, I did the same thing. I I wasn't just my own law firm. I took contract work from other mm-hmm. attorneys and kind of helped them out with their – so I could learn from these other solo attorneys about how they were running their firm and what they were doing. And I, I what I've encountered as I talk to people who are looking for coaching or starting their own businesses, they – they just want the end result. They want the success. But I don't want to do I just want to have my own clients and I just want to do my own thing and I just want to be there and I want to be there now. And so the biggest takeaway for me from what you're saying is like you you'll probably never get there if that's the way you look at it, right? You have to kind of take that next that, that next step. So yeah. um so and that's why I knew I needed a coach too, is because I needed somebody who could guide me through those steps. I was willing to take it step by step. But I wasn't your very first coach, was I? No, I wasn't your first. Yes, coach. you were. I was. Oh wow, I didn't know that. My so, first let's... and only, Rita. <laughs> so far, I probably forever. Great, I'm gonna keep Katie yes. forever. So um, I did so... have somebody else who was who was courting me at the time. Yes, I remember. That's what I want to talk about. So I remember you were like as normal as people should, right? I mean, you have to really when you're making. Yeah, Know your options in your business. You have to make sure it's a good fit for you. So tell people a little bit about that who might, because I know there are a lot of people that listen to this that think, I mean, maybe not about me, but like I might want a coach. I might be somewhere where I'm ready to, Mm -hmm. or where I know I need somebody's help, whether I feel ready for it or not. So what was your decision-making process around picking a coach? I needed somebody that would hold me accountable that was the main thing. I knew the thing, some of the things I wanted to do and somebody who would help me get my goals crystal clear and would hold me accountable and help me develop the steps, but also then develop processes and things that I do on my own. Um, and somebody I wasn't going to, you know, have to even need all the time, right? Like, somebody who would say, okay, we're going to put these things in place so that then you can do it on your own um, and, you know, build upon it. And um, the other person that I was talking to was a little scary to me, to be honest. A little scary? Oh, yeah. I kind of remember like there was like a lot of, like, I don't know if this is correct for my memory of it, but like a lot of flash and a lot of show and a lot of big stuff that was going on, right? Like, yeah. A lot of, yeah. 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 Like a lot of, like, and I remember you said it didn't just, again, you sat down and really got in touch with what you were really wanting. Like you really took time to make that decision based from like. I did. I had a friend who helped me. Honestly, I had a friend who helped me who had already had a coach yeah. and she um, and I have the same exact career path. And yeah. she told me the benefits about her coach and helped me figure out some of the things that I really wanted to to focus on. Yeah, but what I were, did. Well, I want to ask you that. So, what were some of your challenges in your business that did like make you go, "This is it. This is the time I need to go get." I was back. feeling completely overwhelmed. I took on too much work at once, and I was drowning. You and said yes. I was you just not, kept saying yes. Yeah. I just kept saying yes, and I was not. St- strategic about anything. I just took in everything that I could because I finally was getting it all to coming to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely came to a point where I broke down crying because I just, 
felt so overwhelmed. I was paralyzed and I had way too much work and I knew I had, I needed help and I could not do it on my own. I, I backed myself into a corner and I needed some help getting out of it. It's so, it's so important to realize because I think especially as entrepreneurs who are solo, solopreneurs, whatever the buzz phrase is for it at the time that you're listening to this, right, is that we do feel, especially with the way corporate America has ingrained us or, you know, the way that that asking for help and saying, I don't know how to do this is kind of a sign of failure, especially when you're a kind of go-getter or you've always been really good at whatever you do, right? Like, oh, I just did my thing. I went to school. Mm-hmm. I got the grades. I mm-hmm. got the job. I worked my way up. Like, it's good. And then you go, and you like go over to something else. And it's like, but you don't have to be good at building a business. You have to be good at what you do, right? Like, yes, eventually you have to learn the skills of building a business as an entrepreneur, but you're not supposed to inherently know all of that, right? Right. Like you're supposed to know how to be the publicist, for example, and you can go get help on all of these other areas. So tell me, what was the scariest part about making the investment about when you were like, I choose Rita and I'm going to pay her all this money to help me with my business? Like what was really the scariest part? Because that that would have been, I guess, one of your first really big investments like that. It um, was. It sounds like, yeah. So what was was. going on for you there? Um, That I actually, I mean, honestly, the investment wasn't scary to me because I know I needed it. It, And I had already decided I was going to get a coach. Oh, I love, so first you just decided, like there was a, you know, I love that. I decided I was getting a coach and then it was just figuring out who was the best fit. Um, So I, you didn't have to convince me that I needed a coach. I already knew. Um, The scariest thing for me was then (laughs) you were actually going to hold me accountable. And I actually (laughs) had to do this. You had to actually do the thing. I had to do it. It's so funny you say that because, but but you you trusted yourself too. So when people I say did. no to anybody, I don't care if it's you, if it's me, if it's whoever, and I think I've told you this before, it's often that, right, when people are like, oh, Rita, no, like I think I'm going to pass on, on coaching right now. I just don't have the money or whatever it is that they're going to say, right? It's often because they either don't believe that I can do my job, right? Like they don't really think... I'm good at that, or that coaching will get them the results that they want. So there's some doubt around. That's what it is. That's one thing, or they don't. They're not willing to do the work. That's it. It, or if they really know, no, like business coaching definitely gets results and they're still not willing to say yes, then they don't believe that they're going to do the things. It's that the they same thing with publicity. They think exactly. that they want the media placement. They're not willing to do the work behind getting the media placement because I'm not a miracle worker. I do need them to do some of to do things, to show work, up, to, to show and, and up and be a partner in this whole process. Well, and we're going to talk about a little bit about that too, the scariness there. And so that's the thing, guys, I really want you, if there's an investment in anyone, I don't care if it's business coaching, a publicist, a software, a VA, or whatever, right? Like, and you're hesitating, right? If you know that that thing will help you get to the next level, if that's something, so if you don't, then you need to do some more investigation. You need to ask some more questions to get certain. But let's say you know, I know that that's going to help me. I know that's going to get my business to the next level, and you're still not investing in it. Chances are it's because you don't actually believe in yourself to do the things you need to do. Because if you did, if you knew that was going to take your business to the next level, and you believed in yourself enough to do all the work to make that happen, it would be a no-brainer. You would to figure it out. You would, you would figure you it would out. figure right? out how to do it. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you like a completely random question right now, which, and then we're going to switch back to that. But like, <laughs> how do you actually get through a publicist to get to the person that you want to interview? <laughs> because publicists 
to me, like I love publicists when they're helping me, but like as an interviewer, right? Like they are a pain in the butt to like get to the person, right? That you, which is your job is to be that wall between your client so that mm-hmm. it's not easy for everybody to reach them. Like, what are some tips for people that are like, I want to reach somebody to interview or I want to get like, how do you deal with a publicist? Like, from that viewpoint, from that angle, somebody asking for a friend, I'm quote unquote asking, asking for a friend. For a friend. <laughs> sure. um, I think one of the easiest things to do is try to find something, a personal connection, not with the publicist, but with the person that they're representing that you think will really help get you on their radar or get you in the door with that person and just be pleasantly persistent with that publicist. Um, it's kind of like trying to get through to a reporter for me. Um, it's, it's trying to find that connection and then just being pleasantly persistent and not oh my gosh, you guys. taking no <laughs> like, for an answer. There's your, uh, we get in the interview right now. Entrepreneurs, you want to be successful in your business? Just find an authentic, real connection and then be, be pleasantly, pleasantly persistent and you will get your clients and you will get your speaking opportunities mm-hmm. and you will get, but this brings me back to the point of, well, there are a couple of things, but the one is it just like PR, right? Business building is a marathon. It is not a sprint, right? PR is a marathon. Business building is a marathon, not a sprint. So like how how do you think your mindset has like helped you tap into that with your business? Because you understand it for PR. Going back to what you asked too, I think the other thing is um, making a – besides making a connection, ask how you can be helpful. Ask how you can – give back to what they're working on or what they're trying to do to make it a two-way thing instead of just It's asking, a relationship. Yeah. Instead of just asking, 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 it can be, oh, here's how I can help you. Here's how this, this works. Judy Robinette wrote a book called, um, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, The Power the power, it's not the power of no right. I talk about this book all the time. And anyway, I will put it in the show notes. But Judy Robinette wrote this book basically about networking. And one thing she says is give two favors before you ever ask yes. for one. Yes. Right. Just get to know people, connect with them, give them connections, resources, opportunities, information, value, whatever, a referral, whatever. Mm-hmm. But give two favors before you ever ask for a thing yourself or because it's about relationship building. But here's the thing that I've realized that entrepreneurs hate when I tell them all of this. Like, this is the key. You have to build authentic relationships. You need to nurture the relationships you've got to, is it takes time and people want that instant, that instant gratification, right? So how has that knowledge about, because you knew this going through your trajectory that really you even said in some in some uh, notes that I was reviewing from you earlier relationship building and storytelling those are two big key components too of like being good in PR right it's like it's about relationships and it's about the people who you're getting placed it's about telling a story not just getting visible right but for the relationship building how has that knowledge helped you build your your like in terms of getting clients and building your business mm-hmm. that way, um, it, has it made it easier for you to just play the long game, or have you felt that need for instant gratification? No, I definitely think it helped me play the long game, and knowing that I wasn't going to get ten clients, you know, my ideal clients right away, that it was going to be the marathon, that it was going to be the longer game, and I would get there eventually. It's it's you know years in the making. 
it's not even within a year. Um, it's definitely helped me with that. I think, I think I've never, and it's been interesting because I was in a world of instant gratification in terms of news, which is very fast paced, especially when you're in a control room or you're in a, you know, very tense news situation. Um, but I definitely flipped it and realized that I'm not going to have the exact right business or the exact right clientele and all of that immediately. Yeah. Well, one of the things when you started working with me, right, that I noticed is in in, in these little notes that I have from, from that you write was that what you love about the news world and what you do with publicity and what you do right now is you love the fast pacedness of that. You love juggling, right? Like multitasking and juggling and working under pressure, right? All yeah. of that helps you when it comes to being a great publicist for your clients. But how has that hurt you in being a business owner? It definitely hurt me because I would put things off until the last minute. I wouldn't plan out as much as I needed to. I kind of flew by the seat of my pants. I was not being strategic about things. I was, again, just taking in all the business that I could because I was finally seeing a lot of the business on my own and was just excited about it and never said no. One of the first things, one of the first lessons I think you helped me with that was the scariest was how to turn down business, was how to realize, Katie, these are your core things. And if that business doesn't fit into those core things, you don't do it. And, and, it's, and it's a hard line. It's not a debate. It has to be a hard line and you need to stick to it because it's not going to serve you in the end. And that was an aha moment with, with me in, in your coaching. And it really helped me because I have turned down business and realized that was definitely the right thing to do. And I never would have done that before. It's scary. I mean, and we all know what it's scary. It's money. It's like that fear of scarcity. That oh, yeah. the more money is not going to come my way. I need to take it. This could lead to another opportunity. But it, it, I think you're right. That's one of the scariest things as an entrepreneur to do is to turn down business that you could do and to set the container of this is what I want. This is what I want my business to look like and who I want to work with. And then holding firm to yeah. the boundaries that you set. So but that was definitely something that I, I, it was ingrained in me from the news world that I definitely needed to get more organized and more strategic and plan things out in a way that I was not doing at first. And, and that wasn't my important. world. That wasn't something I had to do. I did not have that inherent yeah. in me at yeah. all. And I, still sometimes struggle with it and have to, you know, put it in my calendar, you know, Thursday for these yeah. hours, I am doing like my CEO planning. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's my favorite phrase. That I, yes, that I like, <laughs> really taught me how to do because <laughs> I definitely see the tremendous value in taking the time to do that, that I never would have done that before. Well, I mean, I, and of, like, it makes sense that we wouldn't have to, this is where it's really hard to do that on your own. So a lot of people say, well, I'll learn how to do that on my own. I'll just be strategic. I'll sit down, I'll make plans. But when you have the reality of the day, day to day of being the only person in your business too, and still having to work with clients. And so it gets very easy to push the CEO, the strategic, the whatever, for the very immediate real needs. I pushed of your it off for a long time. I pushed yeah. it off for 
two years before I started working with you. So tell people what, like, one thing we have really been working on is getting you to step into the shoes of a CEO of a business. And I know that people always think that's such a buzz, catchy kind of phrase, like, oh, be the CEO. But I'm like the only person in my business besides some contractors or whatever right, that helped me. But like, how can I be the CEO? But for you, what has that difference been moving from like an employee in your business into the CEO role of your business? Yeah, it definitely changed the way that I looked at things. It changed what you said to me was, think of what would be good not just for Katie, but think of what would be good for KT Media Strategies. What would yeah. be good for my business? Is it positioning me this way or that way? And if there's a question about it, just going back to you know, putting your CEO hat on versus having kind of more the invested emotional piece of it, which yeah. has been tough for me to do. Um, and, and thinking, okay, long-term, what is good for the business long-term? Because this yeah. is the long game. And it's so hard when you are the only person in your business to, it's so easy rather to tangle yourself up with the business and then start making decisions from a personal place. Like, you know, well, my personal bank account says this. Yeah. So this is the decision that I'm going to make in my business or like, Rita is afraid to do X. And so I'm not going to like, Rita's not afraid to be on TV, y'all. Let's just be honest about that. But pretend I was like, <laughs> right, but my business needs me to be visible. Mm -hmm. So I need to get on the news, right? If you start making decisions like your business is a separate person, right, and untangle yourself. So I, I've loved that about you, right? And so saying no, and stepping into these shoes of the CEO, which is a bigger thing than just that, right? Like we have been working on a lot of stuff, but like that has really gotten you more results. Saying no and actually stepping back as the employee and doing more of the strategic planning and the CEO like thinking has netted you. What tell what have some of the results been since like we've started coaching? Because we've been coaching for about a year, a little over a year now. So what have the results been? Oh gosh. Now? Yeah, we've been coaching for like 15, 16 months yeah, now, I think. Exactly. Um yeah. I at least doubled my clientele. I was able to increase my prices. I developed different ways of working with people instead of just, um, you know, one monthly retainer type of client. I developed different ways of working with people that leads to that. It's, you know, a process that a nurturing process that we developed. Um, and so I can help even more people. I have honed in on the type of client that I that I want instead of just accepting everything and everyone. I yeah, was so able you're, you're to. Do, well, you're doing what you love. Like, I mean, the read a short version is Katie's doing what she loves for who she loves in a way that she loves. And she's making a lot more money and she's got more time for herself, right? Like I do. I hired a VA. I have two to three publicists now that work for for me. Yeah. Um, so that I'm able to delegate. I know how to delegate a lot better. I'm yeah. still, that's still a work in progress there. <laughs> you know, there are things that my last client, I just onboarded myself, which I should not have done. I did um, not know that. Yeah. yeah I don't okay. think I told you, <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. I things have happen. my, I have a plan with my VA to get her all the onboarding stuff and we're going to work on that. But that's, yeah. that's definitely coming up. But well, because again, you stepped into the CEO shoes, you have to see it as bigger than just the work that you can do if you want your business to grow, right? Like you had reached a level where you getting clients, doing work, it had worked and you had maxed out 
your time a little bit. You had maxed the way you had gone about it. You yeah. maxed out your time, maxed out your ability to grow. You weren't making the money that you really wanted to be making and that you knew you weren't working for the kind of clients you wanted. And so it was not by doing more that brought you there. It was by doing mm-hmm. less and being really like strategic about it and building a team around you yeah. to help you. And getting out that. from, I still had people, other PR firms I was working for, and I was able to get out from working for anyone else and just have all my own clients. Yeah, that's now. right. I mean, I was so excited. We really, we did, we phased you out of working for other people and it was a really quick phase phase out. But I think even you were surprised by how quickly you were able to drop that work once you just kind of got clear and and made the decision. So what has been your biggest surprise yeah. and for what's a surprise for you that has happened like when you stop and you think and you're just like, wow, like Katie before coaching, but like Katie... Katie coaching now, I guess like, how has it changed you as a person? And then what's the biggest surprise in your business for you? Let's talk about those two things. Um, How has it changed me as a person? I like outside of your business. I'm curious about that outside of your business. I have a lot more trust. I think just even in my ability, I think I had trust before, but it was, it's at a deeper level now. Yeah. Um, and especially just knowing to trust my gut. Um, I think I have a greater awareness of just life balances and choices. Yeah, like you, you're, I think you're just more intentional. I mean, from the outside yes. of you, right? It just in other areas of your life. I'm more organized in other areas of my life. Yeah. As a mom of two, soon to be three. I definitely am more organized just in life in general. And I've even had other moms say to me, how do you do it all? You run your own business. You're here at school volunteering. Like, and I'm like, you know, I am really good at making it look better than it is, (laughs) I think, but (laughs) I'm definitely more organized and that leads to it looking better than it is. (laughs) So, and then what's been just the biggest surprise about your business when you think a year and a half ago, Right. What is something that you're just like, I would never have imagined this a year and a half ago? Um, I never would have imagined that I could make my own schedule and still and be able to be present with my family and still make as much money as I do. Yeah, right. It's nice. It's nice when you figure that figure that out. And it's not overnight and you can't do it alone. And that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, I could never have done it alone. No, I was drowning. I was yeah. I mean, as we all do, right? I mean, coaches have coaches. Yeah. So now let's talk really quickly. We only have like a little bit of time, like very short about, let's talk really quickly about publicity itself. Because I know everybody's like, this is all great. And I'm really glad that I learned about Katie's mindset around, because that's what this is about. People who took unconventional action and did things from, and their mindset behind it. But I know that there are a couple of people out there that are like, look, okay, cool. Also, I want to be on the news and I want to be in the news. And I want to like, so, so what is just like, if you could, I know this is, if you could give three quick bullet point tips from the entrepreneurs that are out there that are thinking, I want some publicity for my business, Katie, mm-hmm. right? Like, where is the first, or I've been trying, or like, whatever, or how do I pick, like, what are just the first three things that you would tell these business owners? What I would say the first thing to do is figure out your audience and make it very specific because those are the types of people to go after 
And you, once you know who your audience is, then you can kind of figure out what types of things they read, watch, and listen to. So what types of, even what types of groups they hang out in on social media, what types of social media they do. And you can target that audience and then really pay attention to uh, what those publications or TV shows or whatever, what type of stories they're doing so that then you can kind of figure out how to fit into those stories and how your message fits into there. Because that's the key, you guys. It's not just, I have a message, I'm going to put it out to the world. No, you have to figure out how best to get it to your audience. And it needs to be a massaging and a give and take with the media because it's never going to align perfectly. It just isn't. And that's why there's publicists, right? Like we find that middle Mm -hmm. ground between your message and what the media is actually looking for um, and figuring out exactly what that's going to look like. So if, but I would start with not just what your message is and trying to get clear on your message. That's kind of the, the second wave or phase. The first is really trying to figure out who your target audience is. Yeah, just like a business, right? It's the yeah. same thing for building your business. It's like people go, but I want to do this thing and make this impact in this in the world. And it's like, cool, but who are you going to do it for? Yeah, and it, can't just, be, it can't just be parents. You know, like, right. that's way too broad. You need to get specific. Yeah, to get specific. And so this is where, right, getting, you know, but you, could, you can do this on your own, but this is where business coach Rita would tell you, Let's delegate that a little bit so that you can be doing what you need to do and get some, you know, shortcut it, smart cut it and get some help from somebody Mm -hmm. um, like Katie. So I'm actually really excited because Katie and I were talking and we came up with, um, I think it's probably one of the best offers. (laughs) I've made a lot of offers, but I think it's one of the best offers I've made. So um, I have. I'm excited to be your best offer. (laughs) I know, right? Like that's what happens, right? Um, So I. I have three private coaching spots that are currently open. And once these three spots are gone, I don't have um, spots again until like the end of the summer. And I might not if people renew. Know, as Katie said, she's, spot, so. yeah, right. Yeah, like Katie renewed, like most people do renew. And so it's not even guaranteed that I'm going to have spots open in the, in the summer. But um, I, so if you're thinking if after this, you're like, oh gosh, they were so right. I think I need some private coaching. Like I would love to just talk to you, no pressure, but to help you decide what could be possible for you and what the right next steps are. But right to sweeten the pot a little bit, like Katie has agreed that for the next three people that sign up for private coaching for me, she is going to give a 90 minute like coaching kind of session to like through email. And like, it's, it's going to be a combination of like emailing you some stuff. And then like, I don't know how, how long the actual like call session time is, but mm-hmm. to help you figure out some of this stuff so you know how to get visibility for your business, basically, right? Is that is that correct? Tell people a little bit about that. Yeah. So we would figure out what's the one thing that we really need to concentrate on the most. Some people might already know their target audience and be really clear on that, but they need help figuring out what type of media to go after, for example, to reach that audience. Or some people might need to start at the very beginning, or some people might need help just really honing their message that they want to get out in the media. Um, Their media message is, and they're like, you know, statement, they're like one big statement is really important to know inside and out before you do any media. Your mission statement needs to be super clear. And 
And what's so great about that is that it will help in your business too. It will help you do other things. It will help you get clear with other things for your business. It's not just about publicity. Everything starts falling into place once you know what that is, right? And so, so this, for anybody who's thought, well, I want to maybe be on the news or maybe I want to be published or maybe I want to um, get, get a book and get it into the hands of other people. Really start to hone that one thing that you feel is missing the most. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, and, and it's also good for people who want to be quoted in the media. Maybe you don't want to write your own like article, but you want to be quoted in other articles or be on podcasts like this. Like that's the thing right now. I know a lot of entrepreneurs are like, how do I get on podcasts? So if any of that is a question that There's you have. There's a like, podcast for everything. So for it's everything. really awesome. Um, this 90 minutes with Katie is going to help you get, I mean, so much clarity, not just about what media is target, but really that kind of clarity that will be around your business. And so this is a great opportunity, guys, to, to take all the information that you would get and then put that into business coaching, right? You're going to get a lot of clarity with Katie and then you'll be able to like come over to me for business coaching because you're getting these spots because you signed up with me and really take that power. And then Katie and I, I mean, obviously we talk all the time, right? So we're going to know like what really is best for you and to help you do it. So I'm just, I'm really excited about the collaboration. Now, if you're listening and you're like, oh man, Rita, I already coach with you or I'm already in your mastermind (laughs) group. And I Katie does offer these 90 minute intensives separately. So Katie, how can people go find out about your, if they want to hire you for a 90 minute intensive, how can they find out? Yeah, I have some information on my website, KT, the letters KT media strategies.com. And, um, I can also offer anybody a call with me. I think the best thing to do is go through my website, but sign up for a call and we'll talk through if a 90 minute or even a half day, I do half day intensives with people. Um, that go a little bit deeper and actually develop a pitch and and start pitching you, you know, so there's different levels of things that we can do, but we can talk it through. I'm happy to have on the phone with people. Yeah, great. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes to her site and to her call, her uh, her link to schedule a call and even um, a link to the 90 minute intensive information so you can look at it. So all the links will be in all in the show notes so you can just go there. But I'm just I'm really excited about that because I think if you can kind of work that from the beginning, like your bit, you know, wherever your business is now, like really start doing what Katie did, really step into the next level, you know, at, get strategic at, and then get strategic from the point of view of getting the publicity for whatever the reason is that you need it for for your business and yep. have those align, that is really powerful and will take you to to the next level to have something. So Katie, thank you for gifting that. To the of next course. It's, it's really that. empowering just to even talk through your why. Why are you doing your business? What is your goals with that? You know, and if you talk through it with me on a level of publicity, then it probably does make it even easier um, to then talk to Rita and really unpack things even more and and catapult you forward. Yeah, because it's a bigger than just clients or money or sales, or it really is ultimately about the impact for most people and the change that they're making. And so to have that kind of impact, you have to be seen. And one you of the things I want to make sure that people hear is that Rita also helped me through a lot of the mindset work that I needed to do. And so it is also, yeah, not just about numbers and dollars and cents, but it's a lot about when you're an entrepreneur, it's just you and you need to rely on yourself, but you, it's great to have someone else to rely on, but getting through some of the mindset blocks are so important and just acknowledging that you're going to have them 
and that you have support to get through them, gosh, that made me feel so much better. Yeah. I mean, guys, there's info out. You you know, I mean, I say this in the intro, right? There's info out there for days. If lack of, if, if information was all we needed to be a millionaire, we would be millionaires, yeah. right? It's not that we are getting in our own way. We get in our own way time and time again. Some of it is due to lack of knowledge, like industry knowledge and all. And so Katie and I have a little bit of, of that information as well. But even if you dug hard enough, right, you could find that out. It's just, we won't employ it, right? Or we won't trust ourselves to do it, right? Or we'll be scared to take the action or we will whatever, right? So it's our you have to work on your your mindset and for you to be successful in the media with the publicity it's kind of the same thing so anyway mm-hmm. i I'm just so grateful, Katie, that you were here today. And thank you for making that offer. And I hope you guys, you really took away some nuggets. As you know, in the next episode, I'm going to be breaking down my three favorite takeaways from this interview. So I'm excited to talk to you all about that because I got mine. I got mine written down. But hopefully you've all uh, uh, taken something that you can use. I would love to hear what your favorite takeaway from this interview was. You can email me. Yeah, email us. Just say, Rita Katie, feedback at com, And then join me next week when I break down my favorite takeaways from this interview. Thank you, Katie. And thank thank you, you, everybody out there. And I will talk to you next week on another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast, and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It Show. And my goal is to share this business-boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser-focused and go all-in on the results that you most want in your business, leave a review now. And then head on over to readamimidoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.